Hello, I'm Robert Bateman, and this is the Privacy Corner, where I talk you through my top three picks for privacy news developments every Friday. And thank you so much, as always, to Privado AI for sponsoring these videos. So this week, from my newsletter, which I recommend you subscribe to, I will link in the comments, the FTC has hit Avast with a highly significant privacy order and fine. Very significant case, this one. California, also significant, has settled with DoorDash under the CCPA and Calopa, uh, who remembers that old chestnut? So I'll take a look at that. And TikTok is looking at an investigation under the DSA, the Digital Services Act. So I'll talk you through the privacy and data protection related elements of that investigation. So first up, Avast, the UK-based antivirus company with a Czech subsidiary operating via a subsidiary based in Delaware has been uh, subject to a proposed order by the FTC, still yet to be approved, but there's a fine uh, well, civil penalty of around $16.5 million and some pretty stringent compliance requirements. So very interesting that the FTC has taken action against a non-US company. Remember, the FTC Act has extraterritorial application, just like the GDPR and so on. If you're operating in the US and you meet certain other conditions, then you are up for enforcement. And as we know, the FTC is very, very busy. I honestly do not understand how they are managing to impose all these uh, various consent orders and, and, and civil penalties. So the Avast is an antivirus company and they have a subsidiary called Jumpshot. They're in trouble in the EU. Uh, well, I'll talk about that in a moment. So their products allegedly helped to block annoying tracking cookies that collect data about your browsing activities and protect your privacy by preventing web services from tracking your online activity. But in fact, Avast itself was allegedly selling data about its users' browsing activities. And they said they were doing so in anonymous and aggregate form. The FTC disagrees and says that this data was non-aggregate and re-identifiable. I mean, I think in Europe we can just call it identifiable, indirectly identifiable, but personal data by most standards nonetheless. Very interesting though that the FTC continues to apply this very broad notion of personal information under the FTC Act. Um, so this happened in Czech Republic last year. Avast got three and a half million euro or so fine for basically packaging up data about its users and selling it to Google, uh, Home Depot, Sephora, subject to the first CCPA settlement. We'll come back to that. But this is a similar case. I mean, not directly, not identical, but Avast made lots of claims about how everything was anonymous. Uh, you know, it was all aggregate. They had an opt-out hidden deeply within their settings somewhere. The FTC is not happy that they did not proactively tell people about this button. And also they still use the word anonymized here. Sometimes when I'm using a product that I rather like and I like the company behind it, I will keep the anonymized uh, information analytics un well, I'll, I'll remain opted in or I will opt in even to help improve the product and so on. 
this gives me pause about that because this data was not anonymized as, as Avast said and in fact was being used for commercial purposes and that is not clear from this button that they had uh, for the benefit of those listening rather than watching it says we may share anonymized information with third parties data sharing and a little orange switch so the other sorts of claims that were made were all about anonymization but the FTC found that Avast's data the, the data it sold could reveal religious beliefs, health concerns, political leanings, location, financial status, visits to child-directed content, and an interest in prurient content. I think what they mean by that, well, they have an example, cosplay erotica. So uh, porn and, uh, and such, I suppose, uh, being shared, people's browsing behaviors, uh, revealing that they had visited such websites, also political candidacy, announcements, academic paper on the symptoms of breast cancer, a very broad view on what constitutes sensitive information from the FTC here. Uh, broader, I think, than we see in most consumer privacy laws that are passing state by state. They are really on a rampage and it's very impressive and very robust, very bold enforcement activity. I am slightly nervous about these decisions being challenged just because the toolkit, the legal regulatory toolkit available to the FTC is so archaic and based on consumer protection. But we'll see. I mean, they, they really are doing some very impressive work, um, if you like privacy. So lots of stuff about what Avast said about their practices, that it would be stripped of personally identifiable information and used to help us better understand new and interesting trends. I mean, we've all seen this kind of privacy washing, uh, corporate speak, and it's a great example of what not to say when you are selling personal data. Um, so they also looked at whether the countervailing benefits to consumers or competition outweighed the potential injuries to consumers. This is one reason why you might be allowed to do certain risky things under the FTC Act and found that it did not. So we've got the usual array of pretty stringent compliance requirements, the standard stuff about not breaking the law in future, and a pretty hefty fine here for Avast. Uh, well worth reading the complaint and the order. So next up, DoorDash is subject to the second CCPA settlement ever. This has been very slow, CCPA enforcement could speed up soon after the CPPA, the, the new regulator, successfully appealed the decision to hold off on its enforcement activities a couple of weeks ago. So DoorDash was involved in a marketing cooperative and this came to light after um, a customer used a pseudonym uh, for their DoorDash account and started getting mail uh, ads addressed to that pseudonym from other companies. So she thought, well, it must have come through uh, quite a good little canary in the coal mine there using a, a pseudonym with certain companies. So the problem here was that DoorDash was not getting any money for sending personal information to this marketing co-op. But of course, the CCPA's definition of selling personal information is very broad. So it covers any benefit that you might receive for that personal information, any valuable consideration. And the 
most interesting thing about this case for me is that the California Attorney General offered DoorDash the notice and cure period that was mandatory at the time uh, and is now optional for the uh, authorities. And DoorDash stopped selling personal information and they told the marketing cooperative to delete their customers' personal information, but it was too late. The personal information had already been sold to downstream companies, including a data broker that resold the data many times over. And the contracts with the marketing co-op didn't let DoorDash audit who the data had gone to, as is a requirement when you're selling personal information under the CCPA. I can't remember if that was added with the CPRA, but it's in there now. And therefore they couldn't cure the violation. The Attorney General takes, uh, not that surprisingly, he takes quite a broad view of what curing means, not just stopping doing the violation, but also putting everything right, putting consumers back to where they were before you did the bad thing. And DoorDash could not do that, even if it had wanted to. So we have a minuscule fine of $375,000, a pretty mild compliance program they have to enter into, but very interesting takeaways from this case nonetheless. Finally, TikTok is in trouble with the European Commission under the Digital Services Act. Why am I talking about a content moderation law, essentially? Well, there are some privacy bits in the DSA. So they have, well, the commission accuses them of all sorts of things. I was not terribly impressed by um, this was handled by a particular commissioner that I won't name initially, but the Article 28.1 of the DSA requires a high level of privacy, safety and security for minors. So let's take a look at that in particular. Uh, if your online platform is accessible to minors, not directed to children as in the GDPR, but and various other laws, but accessible to minors, you have to put appropriate and proportionate measures in place to ensure a high level of privacy, safety and security for those minors. So we're not talking about coal miners here, by the way, this is children of a particular age. And the uh, GDPR case against TikTok last year, well, both from the Irish and the UK authorities looked at this issue. Age verification in the UK one, uh, very, very hard area of GDPR compliance. I keep saying this, we might get some answers from the CJEU at some point, who knows. So that's all from me this week. There are two of me on this final slide if you're watching the video. Not sure why that's happened, but there we are. And I'll see you next week.